Podcast, a podcast about Phoenix Rising Football Club. My name is Kellen Olson. I am your host of the proceedings, joined as always by my co-host Jake Anderson. Jake, Rising keep winning. Yes. They just keep on winning. Six in a row. Club record. Two of those we're going to talk about. 3-0 win over Orange County at home over the weekend. Nice little revenge win there. And it just keeps going. 3-0 win over Reno on the road. Let's talk about the Orange County game first. The big question we had leading into this one that we were talking about on the podcast was no Junior Flemings. Is that going to be an is- issue? Mr. Kalistri, huh? Yeah, he's filled in quite nicely. It's not that he hadn't been playing all year. He's had plenty of playing time. It's just he'll go into these games knowing he's starting, and that's always a different mentality for any type of player. And I think he's filled in not the to the, I guess, level of Junior Flemings, but he has just gone right into that trio. You could see it. He had the goal via the flick on by Adam John. And when I asked him after the game if he called for it or if it was just Adam John doing what he does, and he said, no, he knows where I am. <laughs> I don't have to tell him, and he set him up nicely. That's that's just great to see because, of course, with the Jason Johnson injury that we talked about last week as well, depth becomes a question because, I mean, no if, no shots at Kalistri, but he's just he's a relatively unproven player at this point in the club, and Jason Johnson was one of the club's best players for a couple of seasons now, and he was looked at as the number one bench guy on that on that three forward front. So to me, to see him be able to just seamlessly kind of fill in here and kind of ride off of uh, not ride off of that's a bit harsh on him, but just play nicely with uh, Adam John and Solomon Asante to really. Nice players to play alongside right now because both of them are on an absolute tear. I'm going to ask you the big question of the week for Phoenix Rising Football Club. Is Solo's volley in this game better Ooh. than Adam John's? Well, Solo's was a, what was it? It wasn't a, it wasn't first time. Like it wasn't in the air. What's the, what's the terminology here? I'm not, I always mess this up. So a volley is when it does not hit the ground at all. Like it was kicked in the air. It did not touch the ground and then John got it. That's Correct. Uh, both of them would be considered volleys. The solo one was a little weird because the it was a misclearance by OC, or not even a misclearance, they just missed the ball completely, and it bounced, gave Solo an opportunity. He said he looked at the keeper, saw him out, and just had a rip. I have many thoughts here. One, Solo's goal looks better because the camera angle is better. We get a straight down the barrel view of the ball and pretty much the angle it's going at and so on Adam Johns was on the other side of the field from the camera angle but you have a biased view of this (laughs) as a person in attendance because you were on that side of the field with Adam Johns goal so you're you were saying before we started clicking the recording that you believe Adam Johns goal is better yes so the view that anyone watching the game had for Solo's goal is basically the same view I had for Adam John's goal in which you saw it going in pretty much the minute it was in the air. So the reason why I think Adam John's is better is because A, you have the the ball from James Musa from the center circle of rising side of the field. So the fact that Adam John is on the run, he has to be able to have a defender running with him know where the keeper is, be able to hit that first time, and then hit it accurately. And nothing against Solo. It did make the top 10 of Sports Center, But 
it didn't take quite as much of the running and the defenders on him. It's a brilliant strike, but I think that Adam Johns, personally, it's just better to me because it's it was just harder to do. Adam Johns is a lot more technical, where Solos is a lot more of, yeah, I'll have a crack from here, why yeah, not? Yeah, that's kinda, a good way of putting of, it. I am going to say the better goal that I'm going to cheat. The better goal is the Adam John goal because the pass from Musa is just extraordinary and that has to factor into this. But I think the better finish is actually Solos. And the best celebration is Solos because you remember at the end of the goal, he held his hands up with the deal with it kind of meme and he got twirled around by one of his teammates. It was beautiful. I loved it. The uh, You got to put the Titanic music to that. <laughs> the, the I'm on top of the world. That's what he basically did. Yeah. But, but the volley, I think the thing that I love the most about Solos' goal is those volleys a lot of times it's just really you see enough of these goals and you see how they go sometimes and and that's a really sloppy way of me saying the speed of the ball he hit it really hard oh yeah fast. volleys it was not everything it was not it. really a chip necessarily oh no where he kind of flicked it over him and it's slowly it's one of those things where the keeper's like oh crap oh crap and he's running and he can't stop it this was just hit over the dude with pace and it bent down in a hurry just supreme class from solo who is Man, he is one of the best players in the league. We knew that coming in, but he has certainly been proving it, and that was another match where I thought he was um, really on his top form. Do you have anything else from the Orange County uh, tie to really discuss? Strange to see another game where they're outshot. Uh, 11-7 outshot, but again, uh, and this is going to be a theme of the Reno one for sure, where just their overall technical prowess and... They're just better, and they can do more with less, I think, and that's just been the theme of the season for me. Early goals will do that. Obviously, when you get ahead, your strategy will change just a tad bit. Um, They got two goals within the first 20 minutes against OC, so to have a 2-0 lead for a minimum of 70 minutes, you don't have to press as much to get forward. You can stay more compact and preach defense first even more because you don't necessarily have to worry about getting those goals and when a team continues to push up against you those goals will come to finish the game out and five minutes into the second half they got another one so it's almost as if they they just can't wait to play just get going from the very beginning of each half man uh that is interesting to me because going into the Reno game, I will argue that this is the first time I've watched Phoenix Rising and I thought they got outplayed. And what I mean by that is Reno was just down their throats for the first, especially for the first 25, 30 minutes of this game, even after Adam John's goal at the start, they just kept coming and coming and coming. And they really got into the attacking third and were making problems in the attacking third too. That's a big problem for a lot of teams you watch is that they get into the attacking third, but once they get there, there's just nothing that final really ball, there. That final ball, it. they can't find it. And they, and they couldn't to a certain extent, but they were at least challenging. The crosses were getting in dangerous positions and so on. But... You, uh, me and you were texting during the game, Ben don't break is what you said to me. And, and yes. the defense just was not going to let anything by. Zach Lubin made a couple of nice plays. Some of them were during offsides or whatever, but that doesn't yeah, discount the effort. Ta- you got two saves taken away from yeah. him because of fouls and whatnot. Rude. Very rude statisticians. Um, but uh, this is just another example to me of where the, I think they were outplayed here. But when you have Adam John's first goal where, again, this is going back to seeing you, you've seen so many goals as a soccer watcher over the years. One touch, second touch just fires at bottom left corner from that spot. You, you see that a goal from that position a lot of times and sometimes it's with a finesse and bending in. Sometimes he's going for top corner like that was just class. 
and Solo's pass was there too. And anytime you can create that in a first half of the game, and I guess I should say the first third more so, where they were dominated, it it was the difference. And then again, to the other game, another early goal, and they were able to capitalize off of it. Yeah, it, it was only seven minutes into the match for the first goal, so even the the commentator on the ESPN feed uh, said that you against the run of play almost because Reno came out of the gate just attacking, like you said, coming at rising. What I thought was brilliant on the Adam John goal was it was very similar to Calistri's goal against OC, not in the way it was done, but you saw Solo cut a ball back to the top of the box, and that's when Adam John flicked it on for Joey Calistri against OC. In that case, against Reno, he didn't have the runner on, but for some reason Reno decided not to close down the space on Rising's leading goal scorer and let him have another touch, as you said, and put it in the corner. So that's definitely not a way you want to uh, try to stop the deadliest attack in USL. All three goals, really, just... Oh, they were beautiful. All stuff. of them. Aguinaga's chest down for Santa. He just rips that thing. And I love, I love goals like that. From my favorite type of goal from a striker is when the ball or a chance is presented to them, and they just like it's a split second, just bam, and Have he just it. fired that thing under the keeper immediately. And he's in the best form I, I've seen him in. Asante right now, he's just incredible. It seems like every time he gets an opportunity, he's impacting the game. I think it took him a little bit while, a little while to get going in the in the beginning of the season. But I mean, that's the thing with a league like this, you're going to see so much roster turnover, and we've seen it this season too. And it took them all a while to get a little bit more comfortable with it. Zach Lubin mentioned it, Shantz mentioned it when they've joined our show. Everyone who's joined the show has pretty much mentioned it, including us. And you can just see him really benefiting the most as a creative player like him to be really flowing with everyone and you can tell him and Adam John have that chemistry down too oh yeah the the forwards are completely in sync along with the midfield to me solo has to be the MVP of the entire season for the entire league thus far he scored in five matches in a row but he has eight assists which leads the league he has eight goals which is tied for sixth I really don't know what else you can do more to prove that not only can you create for others but when chances are created for you you also put them home where do we where do we look at for this team now how do we how do we evaluate them on a six game win streak here do we just do we assume that this is going to continue do we assume that a inevitable sort of losing streak is going to come they are now i believe on top of the western conference right i was attempting to yes, pull it up there they are. and i think it's i think it's just more now about how much at this level can they sustain and really continue? Because I think the game I've been circling for a while now is the next time they play New Mexico because that was just a, I was at that game and that was, it wasn't unorganized, but it was just clear that both teams were still getting accustomed to each other and they weren't playing each other in their, not even in their final form, just in their beginning form. There, there wasn't even really a form to go off of. And I'm just really intrigued to see the next time that they, match up where are you at in terms of assessing the team's current form I'm not trying to be a buzzkill by any means but I'm just saying how do we evaluate this in the moment because they go on the road on Friday Saturday Saturday sorry I assume they would be leaving on Thursday or Friday technically on the road technically I'm right (laughs) technically yes yes they they will not be I'll cover for myself if I can yeah Uh, OKC Energy FC at six o'clock on Saturday June 20th 
second. How do we how do we assess just where they're at as a whole before we talk about OKC for a sec? So obviously they can't be playing any better. We were talking before the match last night that eventually this clean sheet streak, the clean sheet has to come to an end. They're eventually going to allow a goal. Last night, I, I tweeted it at halftime, there was going to be goals, and I did not expect Reno to get shut out after the first half that they had. That was the hardest-fought clean sheet, absolutely, and that was a hard-fought three points. That was a well-earned three points. That might be that might be the best performance of the season and we talked about Tulsa, how it was 5-0, but in terms of collective, the midfield, the attack, the defense, Zach Lubin, it, everyone was playing at a, such a high level. It extended that no goals conceded streak in the month of June to nine games. Team has not allowed a goal since 2017 in the month of June. So to answer your question, they can't be playing any better. And for the standings, just to remind everybody, for USL Championship, the first tiebreaker is total wins, and Rising's tied for second for the most wins in the league, and then it goes to goal differential. Rising has the best right now, plus 23, and then it would go to goal scored. Rising also has the best right now at 37. Defensively, they have the second best defense in the West statistically with 14 goals allowed in 15 matches. So the team can't be playing any better they're not allowing goals and they're scoring a lot getting three points that's all you can ask for to really show their dominance now and just how the level they've reached over the six or seven games there's only one team in the western conference with a double digit goal differential and it's phoenix rising their goal differential is 23 Yes. The next highest team is nine. That's El Paso. And they, they are just really running away with this thing in, in that level. But because of those draws early on, they're actually only three points ahead of El Paso. And El Paso is a game in hand. So El Paso could actually uh, theoretically be tied with the lead for them. OKC Energy, from what I'm seeing in terms of just like looking at the stats and everything, I just see a team that isn't as good as Phoenix Rising. And that's I think that's going to become a theme here as we preview games and look ahead for the season. Because to me... The interesting thing is that Phoenix Rising only converts slightly more than OKC. The conversion rate's 19% for Phoenix Rising, 17%, just a little bit over 17% for OKC Energy. But shots on target this season, OKC Energy has 59. Phoenix Rising has 91. They're just a (laughs) relentless offensive team. So these two teams technically... They score goals at the same quote-unquote rate, but Phoenix Rising is basically sprinting on that treadmill while OKC is out for a light jog, essentially, is is the type of two offenses we're looking at right now. I'd really want to see each team, how many shots on goal and how many shots they have total from basically what they average to what they had against Rising. That would be interesting. I'll, I'll do a little digging on that. Just because I want to see how much of an effect Rising's high pressure and attack and defense affects other teams that come in and shoot a lot or score a lot of goals because Rising's in phenomenal form and they're shutting out everybody. And just to go back to El Paso for a second, they kind of had what Rising had with OC, started winning since that loss. Since El Paso lost to Rising, they're doing the same thing and staying on the heels of of rising and forcing them to keep playing at this level. And that's something you need. It's something you want. Someone pushing you to keep playing. And they all meet here in uh, in August. 
I'm going to highlight the midfield in this one, looking at the distribution stats on uh, the USL's website. 80% passing accuracy for Phoenix Rising this year, only 72 for OKC, and then crossing accuracy 24.7 for Phoenix Rising, 17% for OKC Energy. So not only is that a situation where they create less chances, but they're, it looks like they're doing so because they can't really get the ball around as much. And to take it back to what you said about the press, that's where the press comes in. So if the press is on them nonstop and they can't take care of the ball as well, this could get out of hand quickly. And I just think this is a game that really favors them. But I, I think it's now a couple games away from, uh, from where they've been lights out at home. And I'm really interested to see if they are going to quote-unquote stumble because this is a team 5-4-7 and seven on the year OKC Energy. They have 22 points. They're in that, that bottom tier of the Western Conference. We're starting to see that parity go away a little bit, but they currently are 7th uh, in the standings but only 5 points out from 14th. So there's still that little bit of gap there. I think this is a team they should take care of given their form. And I'm looking at the midfield. I'm looking at Bacaro. I'm looking at Musa. I'm looking at those guys to really manage this game, not only with the way they handle it offensively, but the pressure as well, particularly Musa as a guy who really likes to get physical and take away the ball yeah the the midfield and we were talking about how Lambert's absence how would that affect the team and Colin Fernandez coming back from injury is is definitely a big big factor now you have a little bit more of that depth back Uh, we're seeing Andrew Wheeler it's good to see he's getting minutes he's playing well he had the assist on Calistri's goal which was a straight set piece off the training ground I mean Fernandez whips it in across the face of the goal Calistri hits it home you got to play to the to the 95th minute in in that uh, 90 90 plus five technically but the the midfield as you said with Bacaro Aguinaga is playing the best I've ever seen him. Glad you mentioned that. Yeah, and it, he continues to get better. And I don't know. I don't know. I gotta. I gotta ask him. The hair. The two Spaniards. They they dyed their <laughs> hair blonde. I I'm not sure what the reasoning for that is, but I'll I'll try to get a, an answer for that for you guys. We'll be back with that answer next week and more uh, Phoenix Rising coverage. We'll talk about this game against OKC and just see if this terrific run of form uh, can continue it's certainly been fun to watch to say the least I, as a as a person who covers the phoenix suns for a living rising <laughs> might have more wins this season than the suns did last year the suns played 82 games feels bad people feels ooh, bad ooh. we'll be back next week peace